right, so what's going on, folks? Welcome to our NFC side of our preseason breakdowns for the 2020 season. And today we are beginning with the NFC West. And the first team on topic for the NFC West is your defending champs, the and Super Bowl runner-ups, NFC champs as well, the San Francisco 49ers. Last year they went 13 and 3, won their division and won the NFC. Came up short in the Super Bowl, actually choked and lost the Super Bowl in Kyle Shanahan fashion. Uh, a couple key additions. They got Trent Williams via a trade from Washington. They lost Joe Staley to retirement because of an injury. And then they drafted Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina to help out the defensive line. So, JC, I ask you, do they have enough or do they have what it takes to really return back to the Super Bowl? Well, first of all, they do. They have the weapons, right? Okay. But the only thing that's really suspect about them is kind of the wide receiving core because, you know, they lost Emmanuel Sanders. So um, they're kind of they're kind of top heavy and they're relying on Kittle and Samuel, Debo Samuel, you know. True. Right? Well, the thing is, is you know, Debo Samuel is going to be out for a certain amount of time because he broke his foot. Excuse me? Yeah, Debo Samuel is going to be out for a certain amount of time because he broke his foot. How long? They didn't give a timetable. They just said he's going to miss a significant amount of time, but he would have returned at some point during the 2020 season. They done. They done. I changed. <laughs> they done. They done. Whole offense trash. Dang. <laughs> Already? Done. Dang. Uh, Granted, all- they got Kittle, right? And, you know right. – they they got that that little a little running back on the side monster, right? monster yeah you know you know they, and, uh, and they also got back they got uh Jared McKinnon coming back right yeah and then don't they also have Tevin Coleman yes they do they got three running backs you know like you know they got running backs per se but the quarterback obviously the Super Bowl that they played in showed how important the quarterback position is. It did. It and really I did. I Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be that guy. You don't? No, I do not. Okay, understandable. And then you got to remember, too, Shanahan, Shanahan got that six-year extension. I, I believe we talked about this before. Yes. We were like, I was like, I said, we like you because you got us there. With Jimmy Garoppolo and on yeah. the one. Right. Um, so we'll keep you for six years, but Jimmy gonna go. Okay. Yeah, six years. John Lynch's way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Understandable. So now I now that you bring up the Shanahan. And how they're going to keep him. I need to ask you this. Is is Kyle Shanahan the ultimate Super Bowl choke artist? Because mind you, he was the offensive coordinator when Atlanta went to the Super Bowl and they choked a 25-point lead away and lost to the Patriots. But then this time he was the head coach and he's responsible for another 
uh, another lead being blown in the Super Bowl. I believe it was a 10 or 20 point lead. And they, they, they allowed 21 points unanswered in the fourth quarter. So is he the choke artist of all Super Bowls? Well, you can't say that because it's also the prerogative of the other team to make adjustments. This is true. So that's to be expected. Honestly, now that he's the head coach, it looks worse on him because obviously it's his defense too, which gave yep. up those massive amounts of points. When he was with the Falcons, yeah, I understand. You know, all of a sudden they changed up their scheme all on all different types of ways, and you know that kind of stonewalled us. But the defense should not be giving up what twenty five points. Yeah, you got a point. In the second half. I agree. So I agree with you. And that's what I that's what we haven't talked about yet with San Francisco. Defensively, I think they're they're doing pretty good, you know, other than they traded uh the Ford Buckner. Yes, yes, they did. Bit. Yep. I was a little bit, you know, angry but, about that one. I'm, but you see why they, they got rid of Buckner but they drafted Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. Yeah, and they got Trent Williams out of the deal. So I mean That's true. And then the other thing too is like, you know, they were John Lynch was con- like contemplating trading a couple other defensive pieces and stuff, but he just never pulled the trigger because there were a couple of guys whose heads were on the chopping block. I mean, I understand it. Yeah, but now I you ask make you, those moves, especially when you're deep, you got to make those true. moves. Yeah, but now I ask you this: What's the over/under on them as far as win total? Ten. Oh, I was going to say 12, but 10, 10 sounds interesting. I can understand it, though. It'll be a step back. I think the division's getting more uh, competitive again. Yes, I would say so. Which brings me to the next team, the team that finished in second place with an 11-5 and record, the Seattle Seahawks, who added Greg Olson, Chance Warmack, Philip Dorsett, but they also suffered two key losses in DJ Fluker. And Justin Britt. They drafted Jordan Brooks, Darrell Taylor, and Damian Lewis. So now I ask you this question How will the offensive line hold up? I think it'll be fine because, uh, honestly, Justin Britt, uh, I believe, if in case I'm getting my information wrong, don't crucify me. But um, I feel as though that. It'll be okay because Justin Britt, I believe, was he was often injured. Okay. He, he wasn't really playing that much per se. Not granted, he was a starter. Don't get me wrong with the talent. But you know, I believe that they feel that due to his injury status, his statuses and everything like that, that with the people they had playing behind him, they felt like, you know, well, we can just get rid of him and have another one behind him who's going to be there for us the whole time and get more, which is a very Seattle move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, when that brings me to the second question, uh, do do they have enough to take back the NFC West? I I like how we were both saying, you know, if if Josh Gordon is reinstated by the NFL, 
they should go get Josh Gordon. But I think also too, you have to consider they have Philip Dorsett now. So I mean, if you add if you add just Dorsett and then uh, what's uh, if yeah if you add Philip Dorsett and then you already have DK Metcalf and then you add him in, then that that makes it a very interesting wide receiver core for Russell Wilson to throw to. Plus, you've got three reliable running backs in the backfield. So, I mean, but do you think that they could take back the West? I believe they can. And it's only because they added pieces on a defense that was extremely average. Ooh, yeah, I was going to get to that next. Um, like, they had um, – they had a real average defense last last year. You know, like there wasn't any real pressure. Correct. Like so, I mean, I think if they if they if they have made enough moves for their defense to be as good as their offense, they the ones. Makes sense. Cause you know, speaking of the defense, because they added Darrell Taylor, a defensive a defensive lineman out of Tennessee. And mm-hmm. that that brings me to my next point. You know, how do they improve on being the 22nd ranked defense in the NFL? I would say, you know, the only way is up. They can't get worse. I mean, I, I think because this, <coughs> excuse me, this emphasis on Russell Wilson, they've kind of gotten away from what they originally do, which is tough defense and hard running. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but, you know, they're trying to pick up to the to the league standards because they see that, that that's, uh, that's the way the league is going. Um, but they've let it atrophy too much over the years. You got a point. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that does make a lot of sense. Because I was going to say, I, I kind of miss the uh, the hard nose play of the Seattle defense. Like, I just I don't feel that anymore, and it would be nice exactly. to see that happen again. Exactly. But that brings that brings me now to our the third place team that finished with a nine and seven record. They don't know they don't have any known additions outside of the draft, and I'm gonna get to that in a second, but. They lost a lot of guys. Uh, Clay Matthews is gone. Eric Weddle retired. Wade Phillips was he retired slash fired was he was retired he retired slash got fired. Uh, Nikel Roby Coleman is gone, and also Todd Gurley is gone. They drafted Cam Akers, Van Jefferson, Terrell Lewis, and Terrell Burgess. They had a pretty good draft class. I'm gonna be honest with you. So I, mean, I saw this question. You know, oh, they yeah. also they also added Leonard Floyd and Ashawn Robinson. They did, oh yes, yes, they did. So I guess you kind of could say they got their uh they got their holes plugged for those like needs. Like you got Leonard Floyd in place of Clay Matthews now. So I mean it makes sense. But also I, I ask you now, um, are they on are they on a decline? They are, but I feel like with the moves they made, they're they're able to stay at least a bit competitive in the draft because you didn't ask, but my over under for Seattle is ten. 
Oh, my fault. My fault. Yeah. So you're over under for Seattle's 10, just like how it was with San Francisco. This with Seattle, that makes a lot more sense. That makes sense to me. I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle won the division this year, though, either. But, exactly. They're a wild card. But yeah. Uh the Rams, you know, they're kind of on the decline, but they've made a few moves. Honestly, I think that the the big the big question is, will Jared Goff go back to making Super Bowl form? And that brings me exactly to my next question. Did they overpay on Jared Goff? Oh, yeah, of course. But that's what the market is. Yeah, it, it is. I agree. Yeah, because the market's going up, and it's going to continuously go up. And it's going to skyrocket once Patrick Mahomes gets his money. And then once you lack that that talent at the quarterback, right, then you have what you have. And you're like, well, this beats adding somebody who probably couldn't win us a game, you know, so you overpay it. That's honestly where the market's going, which is terrible. I feel that. It, it, it is. It is. Um, what can we expect from their defense in 2020? I think – I think that front seven is going to be okay. Um, I'm I'm curious as to how the uh, the, the secondary, secondary looks going to hold up because you know like, they have Jalen Ramsey and everything, right? But Jalen yeah, Ramsey was looking pedestrian. Yeah, because he he has no help in the secondary. Really, it's really just him. See, so I'm I'm curious as to how that secondary rounds out. Exactly. Yeah, like that. A lot of people don't want to hear me say that, of course, and they're going to be like, "How you like? You can't say that. We have other people." But I'm like, "Do any of them have the playmaking ability that Jalen Ramsey has?" You know what I mean? I mean, hey man, as good as he talks, he ought to be able to put it on his shoulders. That's true too. So that is true. I'm not even going. I'm not even going to touch that monster. That's all me. Because if I say something, I feel like he got he about to blow up my Twitter or some mess. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, now I got to ask you a funny question. How ugly do you think the uniforms are? Because uh, because um, Eric Dickens Eric Dickerson already came out and said these these uniforms are horrible. So how ugly do you think the uniforms are? You ever stared too long at a highlighter? You know, I I, I see where you're going, and that's messed up. And your eyes hurt. Yeah. That's what it's like looking at them. Good Lord. Oh, man. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm trying not to take my anger out on the Rams, but, like, I know what you I know what you because like it's like it's like the blue uniform and then they got like a white uniform and then they got like a gray uniform and it's just it it don't it don't flow to me. It doesn't flow right. They should have just they should have gone back to the uniforms that they wore when Eric Dickerson was playing. Like they got the like it's just so like every color they picked was extremely highlighted, which I hate. Yeah. I know it what looks you mean. like yeah, a color rush uniform for like Michigan. Worse, worse, if you ask me. Well, no, I'm saying it's taking the professional level and just 
kicking it down a level because it's just like, damn, why? That's true. All this money y'all probably put into this, and I bet you you could go outside to some fans, and I bet you they got better ideas for less. Honestly, I agree with you. It's a lot of it's a lot of teams like that that changed uniforms. Some of them did good. Some of them not so much. But it's a lot of teams like that that they could just go to their fan base and ask for a uniform idea, and they would do so much better. And the Rams are one of those teams. You want to know another one? What's another one? The Bucks. We're going to get to that when we get to the NFC South. We're not going to talk about that right now. But what we are going to talk about is the Arizona Cardinals, who went 5-10-1 last year. A key addition is DeAndre Hopkins, which I think we all know the story behind that. And then key departures, David Johnson. They drafted Isaiah Simmons, Josh Jones, and Leekai Fochu. I like the Isaiah the Isaiah Simmons pick. That was that was fantastic. They got oh yes, yeah. it was a steal. Yeah, it, it, it was a huge steal. Anyway. So he can he could play edge. He could play middle. He could play outside linebacker. He could play safety. I'd even you could even probably put him in the corner. I'm gonna be honest with you. I got him going seven. Seven wins because they're just they're just still not there yet. Like they got pieces, right? But they still not there yet. And I hate to say this, Larry Fitzgerald there and uh, him resigning, but like it, it's just not there yet. Oh, I understand. I the understand. rest of the division I... is, is still extremely competitive. Like, and I I just can't see it happening. I feel you. I feel you. And I I hate this for Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, I, I I can tell by his play, he's not really playing for a ring anymore. He's not. He's just playing for the love of the game. But it, it would be nice to see him get a ring before he retires, but I, I just don't see it happening. If he's going to stay in Arizona, I don't see it happening. Now, if he were to leave, then I could see it happening. But I, I don't think he's going to – I don't think he'll leave. One thing you can't ever question is his loyalty, bro. That's true. Because he's, he's a cool... Me, with all his talent he has, I'm gone. Y'all ain't never winning, bro. Understandable. Understandable. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But now I got to ask, uh, how big of a pickup was uh, DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, it was, it was huge. It was monumental. Especially because now... You don't have to be like Larry, catch all of these passes and putting them through all that all that mess. Yeah, now I you agree. Got two dangerous receivers on the field. I agree. I agree. Um, how does how does that benefit Kyler Murray going into year two? I think it will help him, but I'm kind of skeptical because I think that he's gonna he's gonna pick up that. What is it? That Big 12 Almost style? Like that, that Andy Dalton thing. Oh. oh with A.J. Really? Green. Really? Like, and not saying that that's bad. It's great to have a great connection with one of your receivers. But I don't feel like he's going to be spreading it around a lot. Understandable. And that'll kind of hurt his development. 
Understandable. But I'll ask probably, you this. I feel go like ahead, he'll, get in, he'll get in the trouble. And uh-huh. then he'll be like, he'll be like, well, bump it. Hopkins is out there somewhere. Tuh. Every time. I feel like every time that's gonna happen. Understandable. Understandable. Um, so now I ask you this. How will they use Isaiah Simmons? Because mind you, we just said he could play anywhere on the field. But how do you think that? I mean, they're primarily going to use him as a linebacker. But do you think that he plays inside, or does, do you think he needs to stay outside? They'll probably move him outside, and then they'll be able to, like, I don't know. I, I didn't really pay attention to what his forty time was, but they might, his you know, time bump like him. a four, like a low four three, like a four three, like two or something like that. Probably lower than that, maybe. We'll see. They'll probably like bump him out to like nickel, so then they don't have to change packages that heavily. Yeah, and then maybe like on the third and short package, they may put Isaiah Simmons in the middle because he is that freakish, that freakishly strong, insane human. You no, know, he's extremely athletic. So you want to get him out and be able to see the edge and. And, and heavy packages and stuff like that and be able to go at the point of attack. Okay. Understandable. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I think they have to be creative, basically. Right. But they can't they can't get too attached to being creative with just him. That is true. Cause now they gotta be able to use like him, Patrick Peterson, Buddha Baker, and guys yeah, like that. They gotta be able to utilize all of them. Because I like the idea of having multiple dudes on the field like that, where you just like, which one, which one is which, like, where are they going? You know, like, there's a whole lot of questions surrounding what the hell they doing on defense. Right. You know, but um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. We'll but see. now I ask you this. So you, you had San Francisco at over or under 10 wins. And you had the same for the Seahawks. And then you said Arizona is probably going to end up winning seven games this year. Yeah. So I ask you, who, what's your order of finish for the NFC West? Seattle and the 49ers tiebreaker. Um, the Rams and then the Cardinals. Okay. Wow. So you got, that means you got, Probably L.A. probably winning nine games again. Yeah. Understandable. But that's going to do it for us, folks. I hope you've enjoyed this breakdown of the NFC West. If you have not already, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Throw Flags. Make sure you follow us on Spotify. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Penalty Talk. Make sure you like us on Facebook at Penalty Talk. And as well, also, too, you can always email us at flagontheplaysports at gmail.com. Take care, and we will see you for our next division breakdown. Yep, be easy.